Then put your little hand in mine There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb Welcome to Groundhog Minute, the podcast where we celebrate the 1993 classic Groundhog Day one repetitive minute at a time. I'm your host, Sean. And I'm your other host, Dave. And joining us today, we have a special guest of a very special episode and the card game Pitch Please. It's Carolyn Maine. Welcome yeah. back. Yay! Thank you for having me. All Star Week. What a party. Thanks for having me back, guys. Good job on all them groundhogs. <laughs> <laughs> we pulled them all out and we ate them all. Yeah. <laughs> Can ate you? Thank Can you. you eat groundhog somewhere? Like, and and they're they're flavored like chicken wings, right? Ooh, right. I hope so. I would kind of eat anything flavored like a chicken wing. Oh yeah, yeah. Some hot sauce, mm. definitely. I assume mm. it's definitely some parts of uh, Pennsylvania. They definitely still do it. <laughs> oh, definitely. So yeah, we want to welcome you to the show. And here today, we're here to talk about minute ninety nine, which really honestly is just credits. I don't have a summary for it. It's credits. it's credits. That is the summary. It's credits. <laughs> it's credits. And hey, a lot of hard people worked on this movie. I'm not gonna not gonna you know downplay them. They were hard. They're all hard, and they worked hard, <laughs> played hard. <laughs> they were hard. They consulted a doctor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, really, this All Star Week, I think. Well, I want to. I think we just want to talk about is kind of like the journey we've had with this yeah. film. We've we've gone through some ups and downs with Phil and the other characters, and it's and it's funny. The one thing I will mention that happened in this minute that we are all excited to listen to was Delbert McClintock's Weatherman theme. It's, it's a little song that's kind of like the secondary theme song to this movie. If you consider, uh, you know, I Got You, Babe, as like the main right. the main bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Weatherman's a... like kind of a jam, isn't it? Oh, I, I, I ironically like, like love it in the car. Like sometimes I'll be driving, I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, put that on. Yeah, it is a great driving tune. And, and that's the thing is, it's been so long since we've had that drive to Punxsutawney, and to, to hear this again, I it's and once again, it's one of these things where I keep going, man. I really wish the movie ended this way instead of that way, and I would have loved to like actually hear this song again, like as they. And this hypothetical them leaving like in the van and stuff, and he's like a better man rather than the 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 the, the mopey you know cheesy uh, uh, romantic kiss bed run out and the you know like like as if they're gonna you know now they're gonna live here. I would have rather have it whereas we get to play that song again leaving, but now you know we're all happy. You know we're not just like mopey. We're not we're not curmudgeon Phil. We're all good natured Phil. Yeah, it'd be nice to see him have that moment with Chris Elliott. He never got to see him be cool, huh? Yeah, and, you know, weeks ago at this point, we saw him get really creepy with Nancy at the bar. Yeah. And it's like, it's been really like such a turnoff because you're just like, oh, like Larry was a dork. He was a dope. He was a, he was a butthead at times. <laughs> but like, he wasn't like an actual creep and he, he seemed like a decent guy. So that creep really feels like that, like that, like, uh. 11th hour just character assassination to like <laughs> to make phil look better even right. they're like well we gotta let's creep up let's creep up that larry and then he get yeah you're right he, but he has this i guess he gets his comeuppance with the the old ladies they get they get to have their way with him they, they buy him <laughs> yeah so is that <laughs> and like they have their way with him yeah <laughs> they serve a pot roast all night mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> 
Is, is that what the kids are calling it these days? Oh, the pot so roast? Pot roast. Oh, the pot roast. All night. All night, baby. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel. Well, do you think it's kind of like a little bit of a um, like a, the law of conservation? So like as Phil has gotten better and more likable than Larry kind of has to go the other way. So, <laughs> you know, so all the likability of the characters kind of stays the same. One goes up, another one goes down. Is that is that related at all? I I don't think that's what this movie is. I don't think it's about one has to, you know, go down to go up for something else. It really feels like, like I said, I think the point of this movie was that, you know, the people in the town changed Phil. And then I think he then put that back into the town. He reciprocated that and made them feel better. And everybody mm-hmm. in the town felt better. Like the fact that Rob Black pointed out that Felix, who were like, who's Felix? He's like, oh, <laughs> he was the armored car guy. And we're like, oh, so you know that, that joke that you had where it's like, oh, Felix hurt his back when Doris came over to the armored car and asked for quarters. And he somehow hurt his back picking those quarters up. I guess, right? Because he has a bad back and maybe that really exacerbated it. And then Phil ran over rather than stealing the money. I don't know. Like I joked, like pushes Felix on top of a trash can and like Homer Simpson, like (laughs) cures him. It's Cairo town. So what was my point? Oh, my point was, yeah, he's doing nice things. Town's doing nice. So like, I feel like the, to get, I would love to have more of the, the town as, I mean, we had that final shot of them in the streets, but I actually would have Mm -hmm. liked it to see the town center on, on, you know, on February 3rd, like to see people. To, to everyone to everyone else you know to it, they're just hey they're, it's february 3rd for them no big deal they're all better now because last night's phil was so great and all the things he did for them you know they're all like in better spirits now they all have like new you know like a second wind in themselves you know yeah like maybe they're going to do something better yeah. with their lives rather than just mope in the town well so that that makes me think about Maybe those things tie together. So you talk about how the, the town helped Phil and, and and Phil kind of helped the town. He helped all these people as well. Is that and maybe that it makes Larry in tying it into the other thing we've been talking about is Larry. Maybe Larry seems more creepy just by contrast because the town has gotten better and, and, and thinking because I was wondering and I, I I had I don't know if I mentioned it before because I wasn't sure exactly how it fits in. I was wondering if, if, if Phil's interaction with Nancy, if that's changed her in some way and maybe, you know, maybe before she'd be more receptive and and she'd be more on Larry's level. And then they'd end up leaving the bar and, and, you know, skipping the party and just going back to, you know, Larry's room at the hotel or whatever. But because, because of her interactions with Phil, maybe her, she's, um, you know, her self-esteem's a little bit better. She's less gullible to be taken in by someone like the old Phil. And it's her rejection of Larry's advances that make him seem creepy. So maybe that's, you know, yeah. maybe that just shows her growth. And everybody's had this growth except Larry. He's just gotten a little worse. Yeah, because, like, we never got to hear the other side of that conversation when Phil gives him coffee the one day. It's like, here, I'll carry the camera bag. You drink your coffee, eat your Danish, mm-hmm. and... Tell me about yourself. And we never get to actually hear it. So it's it's kind of like, you know, they, they robbed us of that that humanity of Larry. He's still just a co-worker. So he, like, it's like the movie purposely keeps him at that arm's distance, you know? <laughs> Obviously, Rita is, like, the love interest. And we learn a lot about her. A lot about her childhood and her growing up and her wants and her needs and her, her dreams. 
But Larry, it's like the movie purposely keeps him at arm's length. So for for us, where it's like we study these minutes, you know, minutes and minutes and minutes, we want to know every detail. And the movie, like, oh, we cut around it. Oh, we cut you off. It's it's so, uh, it's 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 ball busting. Just, I have like, a suggestion. Yes, please. You can take the Chris Elliott show, um, Get a Life, as canon for Larry. Hmm. Have you seen it? No, yeah, oh, absolutely. I think I'm too young for Get a Life. Oh, <laughs> really? Okay. You should look it up. We found a hole. Team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> look up the REM song Stand opening later on. You'll see what I mean. He's just a really creepy jerk, so I think it works perfectly in Groundhog canon. Yeah, this came out in 1992, so I was yeah a toddler. I was a, <laughs> I was a little baby. I was a little baby boy in my diapers, probably or something. It's got to be on syndication somewhere. I don't think, I think. so. It's no. pretty, but you can certainly acquire them from the internet's frothing shores. Yeah, definitely worth worth looking at. I mean, the the <laughs> and and we 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 talked about a little bit a little bit the last minute when when Chris Elliott came by in the credits, but like the early nineties nice. were really Chris Elliott heyday. Yeah, with you know <laughs> Get a Life and then Groundhog Day and and CB Four. And Cabin Boy, and then uh, and then his uh, couple couple seasons on Saturday Night Live was really was a good time to be alive. Just the the early nineties, yeah. Can we go back to the early nineties? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was a simpler time. It was. It was. All the cartoons are fun. Oh man, uh, since it's our credits episode, I'm allowed I'm allowed to get even more off topic. There was yeah. a video that talked about uh, Double Dare. And all the messes like that that show did, mm-hmm. and they, God, they just talked about all like like the the microbes of trying to clean that set and studio over under oh, the hot yeah. lights like all the time. They, and they said that like they didn't really clean up after season one. They thought it'd been a one season and done. And then they get renewed, and then they said like everyone got like I think Mark Summers compared it to everyone pretty much got leprosy trying to reclean that studio for <laughs> season two because they just let so many things, and they're just like ah screw it. And yeah. they're like, oh, crap. <laughs> and it was, like, expired food to begin with. <laughs> yeah, beans and cream. They said, they said, like, Mark Summers pretty much said everyone on the crew, like, is now has a phobia of whipped cream because they saw, they seen, like, the worst of whipped cream. <laughs> oh, boy. It's like, oh, it's so fun, you think about it, to put in pies and to jump around. It's like, yeah, but they seen nightmares. So, yeah, that's. That's the stuff I was like, I was like watching. And I go, oh no, like that's my '90s, that's my childhood. All these people are getting sick. Yeah. Was that real food? Yeah. Once. Oh, that's nasty. Yeah. <laughs> they talked about yeah. They talked about slime. Like they kept going through so many iterations of slime to try and like keep it the cost down, but and the <laughs> consistency and stuff. Like oh. like you know like they was like, oh it's cornstarch and this and that, but they were trying to like get rid of like as much organic stuff in it so <laughs> it could be preserved and and like it was it was like bare it was you know quote edible but like they mostly made it like as synthetic as possible so like it there was like no weird food allergy thing to mess somebody up it was just like oh man so many things that like were learned at nickelodeon now you couldn't really start a network like that <laughs> but well, I, just the child labor laws alone child labor, yeah. just... <laughs> they talked always... about it too yeah they talked they talked all about like trying to make it feel like you know made four kids by kids but uh that was yeah that was that was that was what i was doing well 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 chris elliott was uh as i seen that i'm gonna no i'm gonna give it a clip i'm gonna i'm gonna try and find some good life clips for now 
for me, I'm definitely going to do that. Speaking of child labor laws and game shows, I always thought it was really unfair how hard they make the kids on the Carmen San Diego show work. That that would that yeah. I, I I watched a few clips on YouTube a while back. They are not those are those are my serious geography questions. I still don't know them today. I oh. certainly didn't when I was a youth. Yeah. That was for like the smartest upper tier kids of the class at like yeah, you could point to like anywhere in the Middle East or like in the the like oh, the boy. now the now like I said, like, you know, by a time I don't oh, think it was like until like third grade huh? they changed the maps, you know? Right. Like I was <laughs> I remember like Sister Marsha pulling the thing down. I swear it said it still said like the the Soviet Union still. They were like, nah, could the Russians are still there. It's still Soviet. And like they're much like, Alright, I guess the wall is officially I guess the wall's gonna stay down, okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> only like the two kids ever won that shit. Like by the time it was at the last finale challenge round it was like so impossible yeah you had the flags and then you had to run around yeah. on the floor putting them on the countries and, and then there's rock bands just ta- taunting you along the way <laughs> <laughs> god <sighs> taunts and rock intensify oh <laughs> <laughs> uh. What else I wanted, I wanted to bring? Yeah, so, yeah, obviously I talk about my alternate endings to the movie. I don't... Oh, yeah. Care. Well, like, I, I've been bringing this up a lot. I don't want to hammer the listener home about, like, oh, like, this is... The, if they enjoy the ending, I don't want to... I don't want to crap in their cereal or anything. <laughs> but it's just that, like, yeah, I just... I, I, I would have liked it if it was more... I think if the movie was made today, I think the ending would be one of those more... Like, yeah, less is more. I think you mentioned that, Sean. It's like, less is more mm-hmm. where it's just like, maybe you know, he wakes up and they're all like, come on, let's go. We got to leave now. And he, like, can't believe it. And he's, like, quietly excited about it and, like, in the van. And and last night was still maybe last night. You know, maybe he didn't get, like, fully kissy romantic with, with Rita, but, like, you know, a better relationship. And they get to joke about Larry's creepiness. And maybe it's, like, it's kind of, like, laughed off so it's not... It doesn't feel like a weird sour moment, and then, then, then the movie would end, and like I said, maybe pan around the 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 the, uh, the town. I feel like I feel like I feel like Jerry on Indiana Jones minute just like gets hung <laughs> up on something and he can't let it go. It would be nice to go back to the van and have that bookend. Yes, that's. I think that is it. Yeah, maybe that's what I need. I need a bookend where it just feels like leaving the bed and breakfast isn't enough. It's like you need to leave. We need to leave the town, like. Before I could consider it real, that it really happened, that they really, that they really got out of, uh, Phil really got out of Groundhog Day, uh, a better man. Not, not just a man who is fallen for his producer, but, you know, a, just a better man entirely who's going to go forth and prosper. Well, yeah, and it would, it would kind of close out the, the idea of, you know, we, we, we've talked about the, the, the cycles in time and eternal recurrence and would kind of bring us back around to have them if they were back in the van and we were back listening to Weatherman and it was kind of just close the circle, just kind of complete the ring and kind of close out that way. And then, and then, yeah, and it didn't need to be much, just maybe as on their way out of town, they drive past the diner and we see Doris is pouring coffee and, and Nancy's there and Buster's there and then Ralph and Gus and the whole crew and, and everyone's hanging out. And, hey, Remember you said a long time ago that that the news the newscast scenes in the first few minutes were an afterthought. They like went back and refilmed huh. that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the first scenes of the movie that's the last stuff they filmed. I 
how does how does the movie start when they were filming it do we know that like before they decided to do that like how like what was the initial concept you know what i mean like did it start with them already in the van going into punxsutawney that i'm not sure i know that the the original screenplay start starts with them already in punxsutawney um See, I, I like the idea. Yeah. Of, I think it's important to definitely go in, into the town. I don't like the story starting. I know, as I said, we talked about the M-Media res and, the, and the, the narration of him talking about how what, how what he's going to do today. I don't like it. We've been over that. But yeah. I like the idea. It's kind. Of, you know what it kind of reminds me of? Almost like Cabin in the Woods, where they took the, the drive into the town or into the cabin and then they can't get out. It's yeah. kind of like that, where it's like they kind of like crossed a threshold when they pass the Punxsutawney sign, and then we technically never see them leave town, except, I guess, the one minute they're on the outskirts of town, and then the guy's like, oh, it's so many flurries, you got snow in your head, and all that stuff. Yeah. That's really the only time they've ever gotten out, we saw them get out of town, was technically on that, like, you know, that attempt, that first attempt. Yeah, I mean, it seems like there was a lot of back and forth, because the, the couple revisions... The couple Harold Ramis revisions of the script that I have actually have some more stuff, have a lot more news studio stuff back in Pittsburgh, including some back and forth between Rita and Phil even. Um, So that's in the script. But then in the director's commentary, Ramis says that they were originally starting with them in Punxsutawney and then decided to do that one scene later. Hmm. So they were going to do it. They were just going to film it after. Because it feels like maybe if they already had that filmed and then then moved into the town, like yeah. maybe they would have thought, hey, you know what? Let's let's change the ending a bit. Let's have it, let them actually like leave the town rather than the, than the, the I call, I'm going to call it the honeymoon ending because it just feels like that. It feels like though he says like, we'll rent. But when he does that, like carries her over the threshold of the bed and breakfast i'm like mm-hmm. that's that's that that's pushing it yeah I, am i crazy or not like at the end <laughs> phil picks up rita she doesn't say anything you know she does not have any comments outside once they leave once they kiss out of bed and they leave she doesn't say anything at the end he just goes well we should live here we'll rent and then they run off the place like the music oh it's like being in love that and then is he, like, strange that she doesn't even get to speak anymore about yeah. if she's fucking moving to the sticks or not. Yeah. <laughs> like, she just smiles. And it, it definitely feels like Annie McDowell was like, can I say something here? Can no, I just have a line no. just so Rita and the audience are kind of on the same page? Because <laughs> it definitely feels like, Rita, you can say no at any time. Rita, you can just be like, oh, well, Phil, let's just get back to the studio and we'll we'll, we'll just call this a really fun trip. Like, he's right? just... And just like that, that whole thing where he's she's like, oh... He's like, maybe it's because they, they, they're trying, I don't know, that maybe the gate was snowed in, they can't open the gate, so he goes, oh, I'll just lift you over it. I'm just like, alright, just, it's snow, alright? Calm down, <laughs> like, you can open the gate. You don't need to do, that's it, the threshold, lifting a lady over the threshold, I feel like is a, that's a pretty, that's, that's heavy advanced, that's heavy advanced relationship stuff yeah and no matter yeah. how romantic that one night was for her it was still just one night yeah he's way more in love with her than she is with him like yeah. and you it, gotta keep it chill while you're still building it up phil dang and and yeah just 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 so it's clear like they we know that they were in they're in they're actually sleeping their clothes 
So we huh? know that they did not like sleep sleep together. Right. They didn't have coitus. They didn't do no the coitus. nasty. Yeah. No. And I and I, and I brought this up again. I think if we we showed him reading the poem, I think it would have made the uh the wake up even more interesting. The fact that like he was still reading the poetry to her to, while she slept and he was like, "Oh, whatever. I'll just fall asleep and I'll wake up and I'll be back to groundhog day." And then wake up and like he's holding the the book. She's over there. Like it could be like just out of frame. We did the same joke where it's like Oh, it's playing the song, but wait, oh, something's off. And then, like, you know, she reaches over, and when she reaches over, maybe she, like, knocks the poetry book off, you know? Like, hmm. her reading over to hit the clock accidentally, she got, and she's like, maybe, like, oh, yeah. And she can make a joke about it, and he's like, wait, you know, he's gonna pick the book up, and he's like, you know, her, the book, wait a second, like, this is, this is crazy. <laughs> this <laughs> is different, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. Or I said, or, or, I said, uh, tell Carolyn, the, the other plant B was, we, he wakes up in a chair watching Rita sleep in her hotel room. Because he ah. just goes, oh, I'll read a poetry book to her in her hotel room. I'll fall asleep. I'll wake up back in the, the bed and breakfast. No big deal. And then to find out, he wakes up and she's like, oh, cool. You know, like, oh, you're up. And uh, that was a really great night. Okay, let's get ready to go. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Right, right. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. Trying to think, is there any other? I said any other town that we wanted to cover. I feel like it's so it's so hard to like encompass the whole movie. I, I, I'm still focused on the ending, but I want to like think about is there any other threads that we wish we could kind of, you know, we talked about the old man. How I will I wish the deleted scene with the old man was in, but I think I know that why they cut it. You know, I I I, the, I feel like the, the you know the studio didn't want us to focus on a dead guy who's dying, you know, an old man who's dying, but. Um, right, and I'm not saying we go to his funeral or, or 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 watch him, you know, get buried in some like pauper's grave or some some <laughs> grim stuff like that. <laughs> but uh, um, you know, just a hey remembrance and remembrance of I don't know. Um, so you were mentioning the journey, Dave. Yeah. How has the journey been? Have you guys talked about what's the lowest point or what's the highest? I you know it's a big question. <laughs> it's such a big question. Yeah, the, I think the high points were. I think I think it was definitely. I think it was like the first maybe third of the film where, watching Phil get his, his comeuppance before he realizes he can manipulate. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. the 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 times where the, the 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 day is messing with him before he gets to mess with the day. Yeah, is a real yeah. high point because we get to like we get to like to see karma bite him in the ass. We get to see yeah, him step in the puddle and stuff. I think the high point really like around minute twenty seven and twenty eight. Those are really the the high point of the of the podcast, I'd say. What was in minute twenty seven, twenty eight? Since I have a bad, apparently a bad, <laughs> one. I can't remember our exact minutes. Um, those those were the the um, the minutes when Carolyn was a guest. Uh... Oh well, yes, that is that is a genuinely good. Thing. <laughs> but those were right around that act. But actually, you know, it's it's funny because you you pretend that you don't know what I'm talking about, Dave. <laughs> but but yeah, those twenty seven and twenty eight is actually it's the. Um, but it's those are the first minutes in the diner when Phil yeah. is confiding in Rita, saying, "You know, I'm I'm living this day over and over again. What's going on?" Holy crap! And yeah. then the second minute, twenty eight, is the visit to doctor. the doctor. It's he's at the you know he's at the what the neurologist, and then it kind of ends with just a couple seconds with the psychiatrist. Yeah, but yeah, that was right around that time yeah. when yeah the the day's really messing with Phil before <laughs> Phil figures out he can mess with the day. 
Yeah. Nice to know I got in on the best moment. Thanks yeah, for dude. having yeah, me. Yeah, honest to God, those were, that was uh, really good. You get to watch a man trying to make sense of his situation. And it's not even really, it doesn't even, it, only, it barely even feels like a comedy at that point, you know? It's yeah. him, like, yelling at his producer to do something that's, like, beyond human comprehension. Yeah. You know, like, how well, fix this? And she's like, oh, what the hell, Phil? Like, <laughs> yeah. When it's something we're really, we're kind of right there with Phil. Like, what's what's going on? What does this mean? And they, they, Ramus takes a lot of, a lot of that away from us later. Yeah. And, and, you know, I understand why he does it because you can't have the movie be a thousand years long. <laughs> That, you know, because we, we end up talking about it a lot where it's like, OK, Phil's doing this thing. So this means there must have been all these days and these repetitions and loops when he practiced and planned and, and coordinated and worked out what we now see. But it has to be assumed. Whereas like so, yeah, that 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 beginning part, not the very beginning because it isn't looping yet, but right around that time is when we see him do the loops and we see him working things out and kind of sets up the things that we just have to assume later. But we're, and we're right there along with Phil. We're assuming the first time watching the movie and we don't know what's going to happen of like, you know, we're figuring out what's going on in the same time he is. So we're really, you know, as, as an audience, we can really be in there with, with Phil right around that time where we can't, we can't do it as much later on. I just thought of something. Uh-oh. You, no, you, and it's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's really interesting. I, I, I want you to imagine a bar graph, all right? Imagine a bar graph. <laughs> I know this sounds very boring, but bear with me. Imagine a bar graph, and it's all like, just, just keep them, they're all like level. They're all like medium leveled right now. Mm-hmm. And each one of them represents a person, like a character in this movie. And 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 right at that point where we're, where where he's yelling at Rita to help fix it, and she's yelling back at him about how it makes no sense, and he's got to get his head straight. They're at the same level, really. Even though he's looped a few times, they're virtually at the same level of comprehension and enlightenment, where no one has any more real information than the other. Though Phil's looped a few times and he knows a few things. You know, him and he doesn't know really as much as Rita knows on, on the subject of my days looping. What do I do? And then, you know, obviously it's going to what's going to happen is, is Phil is going to slowly start going up because he's getting enlightenment because he's just, I just didn't say enlightenment, but he's getting information. And so his, 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 his uh, you know, his, his bar is going up or it's going down in a different way, however you want to describe it. But it's, it's moving drastically because he's getting information and he's kind of now he's like a, and then in the in the minutes thirty through forty, he's like a now he's abusing the town. You know he gets to like win people over. He's like cheating his way to sleep with people. He knows the answers to questions before he asks them because he's just trying to you know manipulate Rita. And so mm-hmm. everyone else's bar is kind of going down because they're getting manipulated and kind of closed off by and gaslit, if you will, by Phil. And his <laughs> meter's going up in an evil way, but it's going up. And then maybe. We hit the part where Phil's going into the suicidal sector and his like bar drops just flatline because there's no there's nothing of thinking. There's no thought. There's no enlightenment. There's no hope. There's no nothing. There's just kill me. Get me this day over with. I, I've, I'm a lost man in a sea of nothingness, you know, real nihilistic stuff. And then Rita, maybe her her meter seeing that she gets a little like the when we start getting to the 
where she the science project part where it's like I know all this stuff but I'm in a crappy mood and she talks to him maybe her meter goes up and his meter's going up it's like she's like she's helping raise him you know to to and then when she's talking about he's like oh you're such a nice you know when he says oh you're such an upbeat person you're such an upbeat lady yeah Yeah. and they go into like and then they're both probably at a nice high point in the bed before the day repeats there are both bars of them are at a very high point they're both very enlightened okay so then hers kind of resets but his is going up his is going up in a good way now and then slowly he's working it so every day he gets to build up everybody else in the town a little bit he does a nice thing for this person nice thing for that person learns a nice thing showing people something nice and so everyone and so for the next like last third of the film it's phil's bar staying high and then he you can see him like every iteration he's raising people's up gradually 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 okay okay but what cheeses me off and i've talked about this with sean (laughs) is that that last day almost everyone is enlightened except rena because that last day he's doing favors for everyone making everyone's lives better Rita is so in the dark on all this, and that she never gets to ask him anything. So I feel like at the end, her meter is like of enlightenment and knowledge is pretty damn low, and his is high, and the towns are high. We go into the next day; everyone else's meters now stay the same. They don't rip. They don't go. They don't drop down to their base level, but except. But Rita's is also, is really low because really outside hmm. of generally nice way getting gaslight by being a guy who's he's really nice and the whole town says he's nice so she puts 300 bucks up to have him ice sculpt and they kiss and then they leave the it's just like her meter doesn't she never answers questions that we say so her meter is like really low like she doesn't get to ask any questions she's so in the dark well rita and larry yeah yeah and maybe i mean like larry gets a little bit of enlightenment in the beginning when he says oh man your speech it touched me and then it's like creepo factor, so it's like eh, getting yeah, didn't really <laughs> like he kind of touch him in the right way. Yeah, he deflates <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, huh? Interesting. It's just like a like a little visual there. If it helps, you get this idea of like why I keep saying it's just like he's improving everyone's lives except like his two coworkers. He just kind of like goes, I did great stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, so maybe that's then that's room for a sequel to kind of right. show the way he can now help Rita and Larry back in pittsburgh and kind of raise them up the way he raised up the the folks in the town that's another thing is that's kind of my idea for how it could have ended is like you wake up on larry waking up when they get to the next hotel room and it's you know a different good earworm song like lover boys everybody's working for the weekend (laughs) (laughs) he's got to repeat his life in the same way do the sequel right absolutely Oh man, yeah, that yeah. I think that's sorry. Yeah. What was that? Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, yeah. I, I I didn't actually articulate my sentence yet. I was just excited about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the idea. They go, but I like, yeah, they go back to Pittsburgh, and then he's like in Pittsburgh. So you get to expand the sequel a bit. It's like Larry yeah. in Pittsburgh now, not just a small town. Now it's Pittsburgh, but he's got to learn how to become a better person in the city. It's your it's your like Home Alone too, you know, Larry right. in the city. <laughs> Big pig in the city. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, so I, I did want to touch on, go over just some of the things for the credits. We're not mm-hmm. going to go through 
name by name or person by person because you can you know listener if you're really interested you can look all these folks up and then you uh, talk to rob black about it he will tell you everything yeah (laughs) yeah god bless i there were just a couple highlights one is that and i think other folks have talked about this if if you've listened to other movies by minutes podcasts when they they go through the credits that like directors kind of there's like crews of people directors and producers and and cinematographers and editors and folks like they all kind of work together um certainly like spielberg has the guys that he works with scorsese has his regulars that that he's always working with and and ramus had that too um and and some of the names that are coming up that are going to go by this minute we've got uh, michael haley the first assistant director uh worked on stewart saves his family Ah. uh, another ramus movie that movie's really good (laughs) You know, I I saw it once when it came out, and I oh wow, I, I didn't dig it. I didn't like it. I didn't sure. think it was very good. But now, like I'm, I know a little bit more about Ramus. I yeah. read, uh, I read uh, his daughter, uh, Violet Ramus Steele, has a, a book called Ghostbusters Daughter. Uh, she writes a biography. Uh, recently came out about her father, oh. and she and she talks about that movie and and kind of what he was going for and his his thinking about it. And I'm kind of like, you know, maybe it's time to give that a second chance. Yeah. Maybe go I back love, and, and see that again. I love that you're a person who actually watched it the first time around. I only watched <laughs> it like five freaking years ago. And I'm like, this is freaking yeah. fantastic. Like Vin Vince Vaughn, that's his name. <laughs> he plays yeah. a really convincing alcoholic for some reason. <laughs> And the rest of it's yeah. really good, too. It's, like, about emotional boundaries at holidays. And I really think there should be more movies about that. Yeah, because I was never a particular fan of that character, the Stuart oh. Smalley on Saturday Night Live. But kind of getting, you know, reading a little bit about Ramus's thoughts. And, um, you know, for, her, for from his perspective, the, yeah. the movie isn't really about the character. It's, it's kind of like, the, you know, the things you're saying. It's really yeah. about... Um, you know about family dynamics and, and stuff like that, and 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 what's fam- what's family? Family's all about habits and patterns, and repeating patterns and re- repeating mistakes. And one generation suffers; they do the same mistakes that that they learned from the previous generation. And like, well, gee, what have we been talking about with this movie with loops and patterns and habits? Right. So now I'm like, wow, like I'm like in a totally different headspace to go back. And this yeah. was, and this was two years later. So this. Groundhog Day is 93. Stuart Saves His Family came out in 95. So I'm like, if he's, you know, at, at this point when this comes out, Ramus is, he's still formulating. Hmm. And that's like, that's kind of a scary thought. All the ideas that are so clear in terms of, well, and he eventually became a pretty serious Buddhist. And he even writes about they they did some stuff with the Dalai Lama. Like he really got into to, to Buddhism. Uh, oh. Later on, and and seriously, like later on, years after this movie, and and thinking like, well, this is where he is in '93. Where's he gonna be two years later? Where's he gonna be five years, ten years later? And and going back and rewatching those movies with the perspective that we have going through Groundhog Day one minute at a time. So, uh, yeah, I definitely want to give that. So so anyway, back to it. So yeah. yeah so so Michael Haley worked on Stuart Saved His Family. Awesome. Worked on Multiplicity. Mm. Uh, Analyze this, which ah. I didn't even I don't know if I realized this. Analyze this and analyze that. Directed by Ramus. 
Um, as oh. was Bedazzled, the Bedazzled remake. The Brendan Fraser. Yeah, with, <laughs> with, with, with Brendan Fraser and Liz Hurley. Um, so Michael Haley worked on all those. Uh, the associate producer, uh, Whitney White, worked on worked on Stewart, worked on Multiplicity, worked on Club Paradise, which is a, a Robin Williams movie. Huh. Um, so yeah, w- uh, Williams and Jimmy Cliff and working with, uh, what's his name? Oh, and Peter O'Toole. Um, all directed by Hal Ramis. Then you've got Chris Herring, the editor, uh, worked on this as well as Stuart Saves His Family, Multiplicity, Analyze This, Bedazzled. Um, And uh, then we've got the assistant editor, Lynn Coleman, Stuart Saves His Family, Multiplicity, Analyze This, Bedazzled. Uh, Judy Townsend, who I think Ramis, if I remember correctly, Ramis actually kind of gives her a shout out during the in the director's commentary. But so Judy Townsend, in addition to Groundhog Day, worked on Stuart Saved His Family, Multiplicity, uh, Bedazzled, and, and a couple other non-Ramus things that I thought were interesting from, from her resume is she also worked on uh, Mission Impossible 2, Haywire, uh, The Avengers, the, uh, the, the superhero one, not the, um, not the, the Uma Thurman one. British one, yeah. and Sakaro. In, huh. uh, in 2015, so she's got um, some other stuff. I like to, wait, wait, I, all right, so now, now you've piqued my interest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, <clears throat> yeah, Sicario, <laughs> is it Sicario and uh, Mission Possible 2, and yeah. what else did you say? And Haywire. Haywire, is that? Did I say Haywire? Yeah, and, yeah. The, and the Avengers, yeah. Is that That's uh, Judy Townsend, so she worked on some interesting stuff. That's, is that the uh, Giancarlo? Um, yeah, Giancarlo. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. What was her credit again? What was her job? She's uh, the script supervisor. Oh, okay. So that's probably pretty important as far as things. I mean, all things are important, right? But yeah. I kind of subscribe to yeah. the, the script is king and everything else like has yeah. to keep up with it, right? Mm-hmm. And I think she probably did a really good job here because we barely... Yeah. We like... I mean, Sean and I really kind of picked this movie apart and there's... I can, I can, the only time I ever got upset was the mints. It's the only time I ever got upset. Yeah. <laughs> um, was that, the only really big thing. Yeah. yeah. It was like the mints were eaten, but then the, cl- then, but then like before the clock flips to 6 a.m., the mints were back put together. And I said, if they really could have done it, they should have done some kind of movie magic trick where it's like they're unwrapped and then six o'clock hits and they're wrapped again. That would have been. Right. That would show a little magic behind the curtain, but I mean, that's, that was it. That was my biggest beef, and so she did a really good job. And she, I, I'm sure she supervised the script. I would have loved to like say, "Hey, can I see that script for a second? And just like rewrite the ending, and be like <laughs> a big black mark. <laughs> I'm sure no one would have noticed, and he just would have shot it. Yeah. Uh, can we do this? Can we do the whole van to the town? It'd be really good. Yeah. Yeah. We just yeah supervise that. Thank you. Get the van going. Supervise that. Yeah. Um, so another guy I wanted to, to, to point out, and this is strictly for me, um, Tony uh, Ciccone, I, I assume it's pronounced C-I-C-C-O-N-E, uh, the assistant editor. And Tony I'm gonna, Ciccone. Yeah. I, shout out to the Sea Wolves. He's a proud graduate, 1982, of the State University of New York at Stony Brook, my alma mater. Oh, so uh, shout out there. And he went on, in addition to, to Groundhog Day, he uh, another Mission Impossible 2. Uh, worked on that. Also worked on Domino, hmm. which I like. I think it's a, it's an underrated movie. It's all right, uh, yeah. But uh, later on, became uh, an editor and working behind the scenes. But started as an actor and was in five episodes of the A Team back in the early eighties. Uh, wait, which was oh, the A Team? Yeah. Yep. 
Perfect. Yeah. Um, and then I think the the last, I mean, all these people, hardworking people, done lots of great things. But um, I think the last particular name or individual name I'm going to call out is, we haven't talked about in a long time. It's Bill Hoffman, our animal handler, oh. our groundhog wrangler. And again, any other than the scenes where they're in the car, when um, the kidnap scenes or the groundhog nap scenes, yeah. when when they were, when it's Phil and Phil in the pickup truck, but all the scenes on the the stage when they're pulling the groundhog out of the stump, that's all Bill Hoffman. If you notice, it's not um, Buster and yeah. the other guys never handle the hog itself. It's always Bill Hoffman. Now, Bill, he uh, must have been like that big. There's like a big beefy guy on stage. That must have been him, right? Cause yeah, the big guy with the beard. Yeah, the big yeah. beard beefy guy whose job was to handle the hog. He perfectly. Yeah. Fit, he, like, he that man fits that role. That's yeah. a hog handler. That is a hog handler. It's a hog handling man. That's a man that can handle a hog. Heck yeah! You although, look at that guy. You know he can handle it. Although maybe he's you know he may may have gone too far and and I I haven't been able to find any more information. So I was looking as I was looking into Bill Hoffman, I found there's there there was a petition on change.org Oh no! To get him banned from. Um, and this was a petition to the National Association for Campus Activities. And if you're not familiar with them, they have like they do like cons like Comic-Con or something like that. They have these conventions where these people show up, entertainers show up. And usually it's a, usually it's the student. It's this uh, like a student body president or some student representative shows up and they look at people to hire them to come and entertain to, to perform on college campuses. Uh-huh. And so there's this petition that says, you know, ban Bill Hoffman from attending the NACA, the National Association of Campus Activities. Unfortunately, there's no specifics. It doesn't say and there's there's comments. And if if, if you're not familiar with change.org, it's it's an online thing where you can start a petition and it allows when people sign the petition, they can enter in reasons for why they're so signing or why they support it. And people are all saying, and things I all agree with, they're saying animal cruelty is bad and no one should be cruel to animals and you shouldn't torture animals just for entertainment, which I all agree with. But there's nothing specific on what did what has this guy done or what are they accusing this guy done that he should be banned from bringing his animals onto college campuses. Yeah. So, he must have been mishandling those hogs. Yeah, I, I haven't been able to find any details, but at least... It, at least someone thinks he was mishandling the hogs. I mean, I, you know, Ramus talks about him a little bit on the, the director's commentary and he seemed, he seemed pleased with the hog handling. Okay. Maybe so, it's later um, that he lost it. We were all so sure he was good at this too, based on how yeah, he looked. He looked, he looked very confident. The hogs seemed happy. I didn't hear yeah. any complaints. So, you know, Bill, if you're listening or, or any friends or family of Bill, if you want to come on the show, you, you know, a chance to, yeah, to defend yourself, we'd, we'd yeah. be glad to talk to you. But, uh, yeah, so that was just the, the last credit from this uh, from this minute that I thought was Dang. worth calling out. So, yeah, that was uh, – and he, it's, he doesn't get a credit like the previous minute where they're, where they're crediting actors. So he doesn't get a regular actor credit, but he did appear on, on the, the dais or the platform, the podium with, um, you know, with the, the inner circle folks, the inner circle guys handling the, the groundhog. 
So that's, you know, Bill Hoffman for all your, your hog handling. Yeah, I, I, Bill the Hog Hoffman. He yeah. has little quotes around it. In of, the oh, credits. yeah. I, I'm sorry. I've been saying it wrong this whole time. Yep, Bill sorry. the Hog Hoffman. Yeah. No, I've, I've heard a few anecdotes <laughs> that they'll say that if they're, they, you know, they need an animal for a, for a set, you know, like, oh, we need a dog or we need a snake or something. And they get like a handler. They said, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. you get somebody who it's essentially they say they're a handler, but really it's like they have a pet animal and they just they want a paycheck. And they pretty much come on and, like, waste everyone's time. So it's like sometimes <laughs> you don't get the professional people that actually... Like, um, right. like I'll tell you, the professional's got to be the, the, the handler for that bear they used in Game of Thrones. Because it was like, oh. hey, we're going to have this actress and this bear. And she's going to fight him in a, fu- in a pit. You know, he can't, he's not going to kill her, right? And oh, like, yeah. And he's yeah. like, no, this bear's trained. Like, he's, he's not going to, like, attack and cut this woman's head off or something. Yeah. So, like, that's a serious professional handler with a professional bear that knows exactly what he's doing. God bless. But I've heard stories where it's like people and, oh, they're a dog handler. And they're not. They're just an excited yeah. person that wants to get a paycheck <laughs> for them and their dog. And, yeah, it's like, yeah, maybe, I don't know, maybe. Yeah, but no, but no, Bill, Bill, Bill's the real deal. Like, he's, this is like a, a family thing. I think he's, um, I had a little bit more on it when he first showed up. He's third generation animal handler like this isn't just some guy that like had a groundhog in his backyard and and decided to to go to the movies like they're they're he's the real deal then yeah then then, yeah all the more reason i mean i know i know what you're saying and and that i think that happens i'm not saying that doesn't happen i'm just saying that's not you know that's that's not i want to talk statistics like that's not bill the hog give me the statistics how many people sign this this change this change.org pe- petition got uh, 435 supporters, Interesting. which is not many. a lot. It's not many. There's like millions of people on the internet and only 435. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I'm that's, guessing that's, that's not on a, a nation. You're saying that's a nationwide campus thing? Yeah. Okay. Well, I said, I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't want to, you know, if these four people have legit evidence somewhere or something happened, then yeah, we should hear it. Well, that's, but, and that, and that's part of what I'm saying. Like I would get, I'm, I'm, I'm open-minded. I'm not. Yeah. Bill the Hog Hoffman's not paying my bills. I don't yeah. owe him anything. Like if he yeah. really is mistreating animals, then I'll I'll deny. You know, yeah. I'll I'll say it and the I'll only evidence that we whatever. Have. But but they don't. They just say, yeah. oh, he's not good. But there's no they, there's no specifics. Yeah. There's no evidence. There's nothing backing it up. It's just this may be it may be a competing groundhog handler. I mean, if it who could is be something dirty pool kind of could, thing. I don't it know. It could be something where. I, and I, you know, it could be something where a rogue element in the in, in, a, in the PETA organization wanted to discredit somebody, mm. you know, where it's like they, you know, they, and they say, oh, under this banner of animal rights, we're going to throw this person under the bus because their job is dealing with animals. You know, they didn't hurt an animal, but because their job relies around animals, they, they, they wanted to hurt someone's reputation. So, yeah, it's, 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 you know, we don't, and the only evidence we have is the few minutes that we see them on screen and everybody looks okay. You know, that we could tell. That's all we mm-hmm. know. That's all we know, Sean. That's all we know. All uh, we I I have one more question about the length of the series. Of Get a Life? Of, no, of, of the series of <laughs> Groundhog Minute. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, sure. Your series of minutes. Um, my question is, did anybody else ask or bring up uh, what Phil's daily pooping situation was like? I... You since you brought that up, I would drop that in. I would literally drop that and go. And, uh, and wouldn't it be interesting to know, like you know, all the toilets that that, that Phil poops in? And like no one, no one took the bait. Like no one. I think yeah, about about once a week, Dave would bring that up. Yeah, 
It's like, I'd be like, hey, you know, be like, he had to go around and like, you know, he'd probably like, you know, poop into different people's toilets. And like, everyone would go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would go, yeah. elaborate, please. Like, no one, no one took that bait. That kind of cheesed me off a bit. Welcome to it, comrade. Yeah, it's it's hard being right all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I love that a you brought it up every week since, and b nobody else grabbed onto that turd with you. <laughs> Great. I'm, I'm sitting there holding it like, come on, come on over here. Look at this. Look at this. Look what I got here. And they're like, no, no. Like, come on, come on over here. I'm going to show you something. <laughs> but I mean that, but, but when you, when you brought that up though, it was great because it expanded upon like the town in the sense that it's like, yeah, like if I was a guy who was repeating every day, I would, I would like go through those houses religiously and figure out everything because before you can realize oh i must be a better person before the day can you know go to the can become consecutive to the next one you don't know that so you're just like is there a magical orb i need to find is there a crystal ball and then you just know you're ransacking houses and checking under oh yeah because you're just like screw it like the day's gonna repeat they're gonna lock me up for only one night and the other really special part is that every day in real life, your poops are a little different, you know? You figure <laughs> it out as you go. But in Groundhog Day, it would be the same every day, which would give you an unparalleled ability yeah. to really prepare uh, and yourself. Honestly, the only thing he could do is if he, like, <laughs> if he went to the diner that morning and he tried different <laughs> items on the menu just yeah. for the scientific research of, like, the difference it goes. Like, oh, what if I eat yeah. pancakes and coffee? What if I eat... Yeah, what if I eat a bunch of bacon and then I take and I, I glass some milk? What if I and just yeah. like just keep mixing matches just to see how his bowels handle it? Ooh, oh, that doesn't sit well with me. Okay, we're gonna write that one down. He has like a notebook with different drawings and note cards in it. Yeah, every morning he has to like refill it out. Just a reminder: was it milk and bacon didn't work? The black coffee and muffins didn't work. Yeah, it's just. Or is it just the same every time? I wish we knew. I wish we got that scene. We never, yeah. I don't know if they ever, did they film that scene? Do we know that, Sean? Was that well, we got it in the podcast yeah. every week. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because I guess at some point, like, even if he didn't, like, that seems strange to think that he would plan that out. But I could see it happening because, well, when he's, like, trying to seduce all the women in town and he's doing research... And he can't pretend that he went to high school with every everyone, you know, with every woman. Yeah. So, like, some point he's, like, looking through people's mail and stuff to try to get dirt that he can use to seduce them. And then he's like, well, while I'm in here, oh, I kind of got to go. Yeah. And then he goes and he's like, oh, wow, this is a nice bathroom or this is not nice. Or I'm going to go next door because they've got the, you know, the quilted <laughs> toilet paper and stuff. And then... It just kind of goes from there. It's like, oh, well, this one was this way, and this one's the other way. And, oh, this one, they got a magazine. There's good reading material. Oh, that's and, a good thing. Because you know. yeah, it's it's 2018. <sighs> we're, we're on our phones when we're on the toilet. Oh, yeah. But back in the 90s, you had oh, to Oh, yeah, have he's that got no cell there. phone, no smartphone. Yeah, well, there's, no, there's, no, there's no smartphone. You don't have, you don't have your, your Kindle. You have to have a legit couple magazines and, like, your dad's newspaper there. Yeah, and you're like, this is what I have to work with right now. It's probably He's like gonna... you know, I'm thinking yeah. some people. There's probably a lot of places where, like they got a joke book or something yeah. in there. You know, he's gonna run out because you can read a magazine article really fast. He's gonna he could be able. They could do it where he would read one page of War and Peace every time he toileted. <laughs> 
See, that's... See, Sean... Okay, so, so, so Sean said in the original script, yeah, that he took a page and read a page of every book that was in the bed and breakfast library to try and track his days. And like what you added to it, see, so she, she added that, what if we added toilets, right? So now right, it's, yeah. now it's like, it's that, but it's also he's on the toilet. And he's like, you know, that's his moments of contemplation where at this point, he's not grifting anybody. He's not trying to spiel his way to someone. He's just like, I got to do this. Like, this is part of my day. There's no way around it. I can't not do this. <laughs> That's what I say every time I <laughs> toilet, too. You just you shrug and go, I have to do this. I can't not. <laughs> yeah, that's my touch as a script supervisor is to add some toilet time. Because honestly, it's it's a really human experience. Yeah. Yeah, every time Yeah, every time there's a toilet movie, it's usually like uh, some guy gets to the toilet and yeah, there's a fight. There's a shootout. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's trying to have sex in the stall. There's always a there's always a conflict. It's never just can I just poop here. <laughs> That's the name of your new movie. <laughs> can I just can poop I just here? poop here? <laughs> I would watch that. I, you people don't like when you know you do the whole dumb and dumber like huge foley thing of poop noise. You could put on like classical music though, and then everyone would love the movie. Yeah. They'd be like, oh, what a rel- yeah, that's a relaxing time, <laughs> a relaxing time <laughs> in the theater. I can't wait for Can I Poop Here, a relaxing time in the theater. <laughs> oh, that's that's gonna be probably MCU. Uh, <laughs> so, um, all right, that's that's honestly, we hit every note that I didn't even write down. <laughs> and so, I was say, yeah. any other final things, Carolyn? I want to toss to you that you want to. I said I think I feel like we covered everything we needed to cover, but if there's something I missed. Yeah. Please bring it to my attention. Nope that that was just the poop that I had to talk about, and now I'm good. I'm, I'm all relieved. Got, got it out. out of my system. Got out of my system. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a poop train. Oh, so it's got a train. Poop train. Gotta have a train. <laughs> gotta have a train whistle. Uh, well, Carolyn, please let our let let our listeners know where where can they hear more of you? Where can they find more of you? Where can they just see more of your work? Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Carolyn Main. That's C A R O L Y N M A I N. Like the street. You can find me also on Facebook, and I have this illustrated card game, which I've mentioned, which we also play as a podcast. So you can look at the cards where it's uh, basically you get three cards and one minute to plan and pitch a movie, much like Can I Poop Here, my favorite new movie (laughs) you'll be hearing about very soon. And you can see those cards or buy the deck at www.pitchplease.fun because it's fun. Or it's on Amazon and listen to it on iTunes or Stitcher on the River City Podcast Federation. And that's Pitch Please, like Bitch Please, but with P's. And then I have a whole other podcast, a very special episode, and we are on Tumblr and iTunes. And check us out. We review vintage television, so still a really good show. Yeah, because I, like, I, I always bring up is that I thought Saved by the Bell review, SBTV review was like... Yo, yo. That was, that was some hot 90s reviewing, so... Always, always gotta rep that. Always gotta rep that. Yeah, that was our show before we became very special, where we uh, cycle through special episodes of television, and sometimes it's loose. And yeah, we met Dave back in the day on SBTB, and that was 
Whew, it was a lot of Saved by the Bell, but I'm glad I saw it. I kind of regret the Screech sex tape. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ooh. What are you going to do? Oh, yeah, we yeah. all regret that culturally. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what kills me is that now Funny or Die has those Zach Morris's trash and these five-minute wrap-ups. I was like, yeah, but I think it needs to be like three hours long. And I think the hosts need to be drunk. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> That's how you're supposed to talk about Zach Morris. Yeah, they kind of copied us, and I believe it's unintentional, but it's still kind of like, hey, back to Bing. Bing. <laughs> it's honest. Yeah. It's honestly one of those things where it's just like you hit that point in culture where it's like all of a sudden everyone just starts thinking the same thing. Like, but what if right? we talked about how bad Zach Morris was? It's just, everyone was just thinking. <laughs> he was bad, and we should all talk about it. <laughs> all right, Sean, take take us home. All right. Well, you can, and uh, well, we, you can, you can talk to us, and you can come back at us at. Uh, well, we've got our Facebook listeners group, which is uh, Gobbler's Knob. We're also on Twitter <laughs> at Groundhog Minute, and uh, I don't know how many. <laughs> I don't know. We probably didn't mention it enough, but we actually have a website at oh. groundhogminute.com, so you can kind of check that out there. And one of the things we do is we put up links to all the the guest stuff, all the things guests got. Oh, got awesome. coming on so you've got Great. so so yeah come to groundhogminute.com and and there we'll we'll have links to uh pitch please we'll links to a special very special episode we'll link to save by the bell reviewed and, and all that stuff yeah, yeah. and uh, and all the things for all our other guests as well and uh and so that will be it for us for minute 99 and uh all so right. Carolyn, thank you once again for for coming back yes. for uh this, oh, my this pleasure, last Sean. week of the show And uh, listeners, thank you once again for listening, and we will see you tomorrow, if there is one.